The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Uh, also, uh, by the way, you can have a field of greens. Uh, if you're going to eat like I'm going to eat this uh, week, I think field of greens might be a good choice for you because you might be skipping the vegetables. You might be skipping. I, uh, might? might? I will be. I will. I, will. <laughs> I was listening to you mm-hmm. talk about the ga- gala the other day. And uh, you, you said the food was really good, so I decided to try the green bean, <laughs> and it was a huge mistake. Yeah, I almost threw up because they're green beans. Yes, um, yes. You, you can just have the good food on your plate with Field of Greens, and have uh, a scoop of this, and you know, it's a juice or even some foods. You can do it, it, it whatever it tastes. It tastes good, so you can mix it with a lot of stuff. It's a, it's one of these superfoods that's actually food. It's not some crazy extract or some weird additive or whatever. Check it out, Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, let's go to BrickHouseGlenn.com. BrickHouseGlenn.com. Use the promo code GLEN to get 15% off your first order. It's BrickHouseGlenn.com. Glenn Beck. With Pat and uh, Stu. And uh, one more day of that. Um, <laughs> you sound like... What <laughs> kind of intro is that? You did, you did not sound pleased. No, I am. I, I actually am. Just a you know a little... Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, because like it's Wednesday, tough. it's uh, on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, you're already in that mode. Yes, I'm just, I'm trying not to eat in that mode today because I feel uh, like. I'm trying not to as well. It's hard, man. It's, it's almost hard. impossible. It's almost impossible. There's food everywhere. Everywhere. And after Thanksgiving, you think, okay, then then now I'll cut back. And then there's food everywhere again yeah. because you're preparing for Christmas. And uh, it's almost impossible. Well, you, you, Thanksgiving is a day in which you eat a lot of food. Um, and you kind of don't care. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Everyone kind of says, yeah. it's all right. You know, you have your one day. Now, over the years, I've expanded that from one day to, to 365 f- for well, me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, one day becomes... Yeah. Every day, yeah, you yeah. I, so that's, you beat me to the punch well. there a little bit, I guess. I, <laughs> but I I do feel the expansion happening because mm-hmm. I started with one and then you get to four. I feel like four is is the right stew amount in a sensible world, right? Like you have you you don't eat really badly until you get to Thanksgiving. You have the Thanksgiving and then you mm-hmm. live out. You party the weekend, right? You party the weekend away. You come back Monday. You're you're eating like a human being again. Now, what always happens there, of course, is Wednesday. I mean, come on. It's Wednesday. It's, it doesn't matter. You're basically at Thanksgiving. You might as well eat on Wednesday. Right. So then it goes Wednesday right. to Monday. <laughs> and yes. then what happens is you come back Monday and you eat okay. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday happens and you fall off the bandwagon and you're like, ah, it's basically the week of Thanksgiving. So then it goes from the previous Wednesday mm-hmm. to not the next Monday, but the Monday after that. <laughs> and then you're almost to Christmas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then and there's parties. There's parties. You got, the, you got the church party. You got the work party. Yep. You got friends parties. And we've got like stuff like the kids. They've got like breakfast with Santa. You've got all the mm-hmm. little events. Mm-hmm. So then you're going through that. You, you might as well eat up until well, just Christmas. until Christmas. Just and until then, Christmas. And then it's, you but know, then the week leftovers. between Christmas and New Year's. It's just a waste. Ah, I mean, you're not even going to get gonna, back to You're going to be yet. back eating on New Year's anyway, so you might as well eat that week. Right. So then you go New Year's, and then that's when you get the New Year's resolution. It kicks in, and you're like, okay, we're going to start. Now, you're not going to start on the second most of the time, because a lot of times the second isn't a work day it's yet. It's too depressing a it day. Depends. You need some ice cream that day. Yeah. This year, it is a work day. So you could come back on the second. Yeah. But again, it's like a Wednesday, I think. You're not going to start your diet on a Wednesday. 
So you go Wednesday, and then you, we wait for that next Monday. Okay, <laughs> and then you get on the scale that Monday, and you're 35 pounds. Yeah, you heavier gained about than, 35 at that point. Yeah. Now the problem here is this is when <laughs> NFL playoffs kick in. So every mm-hmm. Sunday and Saturday, mm-hmm. there's games. You gotta watch them. What are you gonna watch them without pizza? You gotta well, watch no, them without snacks. That's stupid. And then obviously Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So then you're in your your February, you know, sixth or seventh in that range. Well, then it's Valentine's. And then Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. Like you gotta. I mean, what are you gonna you know not eat on gonna, Valentine's Day? Gonna disrespect sure. your own relationship? No, your own marriage? You better not. You're not gonna do that. So then you're eating up until Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And, a, and my birthday, by the way, is February 9th. So in there, I've got to, I've got to, what am I going to do? Not, not have the cake with my kids? Right. My and daughter's birthday is also February 9th. So we have two birthdays on that day. You can't, you can't, what The you next gonna? day's Glenn's birthday. Well, you got to have cake for Glenn's birthday. Oh, yeah. Because he's not going to eat it because he's on some weird diet, probably. Probably. You know, where he only eats 80 different things uh, in the world. Uh, it, it, he can only eat 80 <laughs> things on the face of the earth. And six of them are different types of squid. <laughs> Which is a weird, weird, it's a strange diet. It's a strange diet. Mm-hmm. So for him, on his behalf, we have to have cake. And so we do. And then, and then uh, once you're in February, it's basically July 4th. So <laughs> <laughs> you got to ramp it up to get ready for those picnics. What are you not going to eat <laughs> on the 4th of July? You're not going to celebrate? What are you, some sort of traitor to this nation? Right. I hope not. I hope not. Okay, ISIS, go ahead. <laughs> go on a diet. <laughs> If I'm on a diet on the 4th of July, the terrorists win. I won't do it. I will not do it. This is only a slight exaggeration, by the way. Only a slight one. And it's I don't not know. Even, it's not, not even an exaggeration for me. This is how it happened. This is how it happens. Yeah. So um, it's You try, but you fail. That's yes. the whole point of yes. that. Um, by the way, we do have some terrorism breaking news. I, today, maybe, Pat, we can uh, come up with things we're thankful for. Now, I know it's a very you know standard... Um, thing mm-hmm. right like where mm-hmm. people would do that on, on the day before thanksgiving but i thought maybe instead of doing like the i'm thankful for my my family and i'm thankful for blah, you know that stuff that's just boring and everyone knows you're you're thankful for it. of course i'm thankful for my family mm-hmm. uh and i don't know if they're thankful for me but uh, you know i'm thankful for them uh the news stories that i'm actually thankful for there's actually good news out there there are things that are positive for example let me give you this breaking overnight the U.S. Department of Treasury's Office for Foreign Assets Control has designated nine targets in an international network through which the Iranian regime, working with Russian companies, provided millions of barrels of oil to the Syrian government. The Assad regime, in turn, facilitates the movement of hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars to the Islamic Revolutionary uh, Guard for onward transfer to Hamas and Hezbollah. U.S. sanctions prohibit material to support to the government of Syria, including shipments of oil to Syrian government-controlled ports, as well as material support to designated terrorist groups. So uh, this is uh, Secretary, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. He says, today we are acting against a complex scheme of Iran and Russia. Uh, they've used to bolster the Assad regime and generate funds for Iranian malign activity. Central Bank of Iran officials continue to exploit the international financial system, and in this case, even used a company whose name suggests a trade in humanitarian goods as a tool to facilitate financial transfers supporting the oil scheme. We are issuing an advisory today, identifying the grave risks to the community if they participate in shipping oil to the government of Syria. The United States is committed Mm -hmm. to imposing a financial toll on Iran, Russia, and others for their efforts to solidify Assad's authoritarian rule, as well as disrupt the Iranian regime's funding of terrorist organizations. Goes on and on, but basically we're taking major steps to break up. Listen again to this network. 
Iran, Russia, Syria, to the uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard, who transferred to Hamas and Hezbollah, and were shutting down a major uh, network of financial support for all of those groups. That is a real positive. That is action. Uh, You give Trump a lot of credit here. You give the people around him a lot of credit here for identifying this and taking steps. You know, uh, we've mentioned this a thousand times probably by now, but... You know, a lot of times you hear Donald Trump say things that aren't so uh, hawkish on Russia. But man, his actions, uh, his actions are very hawkish on Russia. I don't know if it's the people, you know, some people will say, oh, it's the people around him who are hawkish. Some people will say, well, he's trying to put a a different face on the public negotiations. But in reality, he believes these things that Russia is a really bad actor. Whatever the truth is, good. He's he is he is uh, he's taken really good steps here. And how long have we ignored, Pat, Hamas and Hezbollah? I mean, we act as if they're allies sometimes. And they are a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. The Assad regime, Russia, Iran, these are really positive steps. And again, they are trying to starve Iran from from their money, uh, from being able to sell oil. They're trying to starve the uh, Syrian regime. These are a lot of good steps and steps that, you know, the president would have to sign off on. These are not minor things. Yeah, which is pretty amazing for a guy who is apparently in love with Putin or what, whatever the allegation just, is. There's just not a, I, I, there's not a lot there, is there? No. The media says this all the time. And we realize that, um, you know, Russia has done a lot of bad things. And at times I have not liked the way Trump's spoken about Russia. But again, I think, honestly, when you come down to it, if you ignore the back and forth of the everyday... And ignore the the words and the tweets and you know I don't think any of that's important. What's happening? What's he doing? Yeah, and what's he he's doing? He's being really what, hard on what these he's groups. doing is and and they've been doing this for a long time. They've got sanctions in place. Uh, they've they've uh, they've been pretty tough on them even behind the scenes. And now this, I I mean, what other substantive measures would you want him to take? I think he's done pretty much everything you would want him to do. In his actions with Russia, yeah, the only thing lacking maybe was the you know the press conference when he was with Putin, and it seemed like he sort of gave him a pass there. Again, no words, right? Right. Yes. Uh, you know, I I don't like I, it's the same but thing. But his actions were really have been good. They've been. I mean, this has been a much tougher regime on Russia than the Obama regime. Oh, by far. Not, I mean, so by far, it's such a weird thing that the Russia situation has been such a focus. And look, I mean, they did. They will see, right? Well, when the Mueller uh-huh. investigation comes out, we'll see if they have anything. I mean, so far they have. They've had stuff on Russians, right? They've yep. been able to go after that. They've had some stuff on lower level sort of campaign people, more for lying uh, to the FBI than anything else. But still, there's been a couple of things there. You know, the uh, uh, you know, there's been a couple of of relatively high ranking officials in the in the Trump uh, campaign, mm-hmm. not really the government, but the campaign. And they have, uh, they've gone after that. But, I mean, his actions against Russia have been as strong as you'd want them to be. So, I'm thankful for that today. I am, too. I, I mean, that's something freaking good. Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, we've always said from day one when he was elected, we're, we're going to, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. And he's the president now. So, let's, let's see what his actions are. And, you know, his actions are often pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is pretty good. when they're good, what should you say? They're good. Yes. When they're bad, what should you say? Mm, they're they're bad. bad. 
I, this is not a complicated world we live in here. Yeah. It, well, and it is for some. It is because, for some. Uh, there's, uh, because some have changed their minds on Russia completely. R- Russia's like uh, a friend now, <laughs> a really good, close, personal, wonderful friend right. that you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Well, wait. What? <laughs> um, and now, uh, all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia uh, is a good, close, personal friend of ours as well. And, you know, I, I don't remember during the Obama administration or even the George Bush administration, Republicans as a rule thinking that Saudi Arabia was a good, close, personal friend when um, they had a lot of issues. We've, we've got a lot of issues with Saudi Arabia. For one, um, 18 uh, hijackers from 2001. Um, that's I'm, a pretty big issue. I'm not f- thankful for them. No, 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 not at all. This holiday season. I am not thankful for Muhammad Atta and his friends. And then there's, you know, people who actually believe that, you know, losing the house was no big deal just because the president is in office (laughs) when that happened. I mean, it is a big deal. It's bad. It's very bad. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been much, much better to keep the house and the Senate and the presidency and then, you know, get some things done. Yeah. But that's not going to happen now. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand either side of that. I don't you know, either. you've noticed that there's a bunch of Republicans who were uh, critical of Trump. And, I, you know, certainly I would put myself in that group many, many times over mm-hmm. the years. Um, but uh, some of them cannot find their way to seeing anything the man does as positive. You know, I, right. I just don't understand yeah. that world just right. as much as I don't understand the people who are like, I can't say he does anything bad. Right. I like, he's a human being. The media is completely obsessed with him as if he's a god. And there are his fans of his mm-hmm. that are obsessed of him with him as if he's a god. And likely, I, I'm thankful that we live in a country in which, you know, the vast majority of people want to call balls and strikes. They want to say, hey, this is a good thing. This is a bad thing. Judge the guy on his actions. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, be yeah. honest with what you believe and, and keep to your principles. And these are not these are not hard choices. You know, I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. unless you're going to be, you know, if, unless you're like, you know, if you're Sarah Huckabee Sanders, right? Every day you got to go out there and you got to find something positive to say about the president because it's your legitimately your job, right? Like your job. Yes. To, that's what PR people mm-hmm. do. They mm-hmm. come out and they say positive things when when, uh, you know. PR ha- big tobacco's going on and they they're like hey they have emails that say you know what what we should do is give cancer to children <laughs> and they've got to come out and say well you know look a lot of you know cancer can be a positive for a lot of people uh and you know a lot of people get donations uh they they, they get the money out of the jar next to the, the cash register it's a, there's a lot of things you're overlooking here when you're, ne- you're being negative on cancer you have to do that that's your gig uh you know it's not a gig i want no, um, but I understand why you have to why you have to do it. the The same thing seems to be true with just like journalists in the media on the other side of this, where they're yeah. it's their job every day to figure out the story of the day, how to spin it badly against Donald Trump. And I don't see any and that's value CNN's in job that. now twenty four seven at least like twenty two seven. I yeah. mean, there's some shows that still I think take a fair line. I've seen in some people on, Tapper. Yeah. yeah, certainly I would put Tapper in that category. And there's a few mm-hmm. others, but it's limited. It's too limited for a journalistic organization. Your job is not to be you know uh, a Boston Red Sox fan against the New York Yankees. Right. It's not supposed to be your gig. You're supposed to be looking. Yeah. Hey, that Yankee player is pretty good. That one sucks. That's supposed to be your job, uh, uh, mm-hmm. some sort of uh, impartial observer. 
And if you can't find anything positive to say about the president, then I think you're not doing that. You should be able to find both positive and negative things. Uh, you know, and I don't I don't want to listen to a show or, or or an organization that can't do both of those things. Find things that are positive and find things that are negative. They both exist as it does for every human being on Earth. Uh, unless, you know, unless you're covering Barack Obama, well, then there's yeah, not a good obviously. thing that you can find about him. Uh, well, he did that song once. Yeah, you like that, he did song that song. I did like the song. Mm-hmm. I like the he song. He was personally was responsible with his bare hands of killing Osama bin Laden. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Remember he strangled that? him, if I'm not mistaken, right? He, he, well, he strangled him at first, but he, yeah. then he let him, uh, he released him at the last second, let him get one more breath in, and then started bashing his head against the wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. For a president to do that, For that's unusual, too. It was, I would Very say, unusual. ill-advised. You should yeah. not send a terrorist, <laughs> a president into a terrorist organization's uh, hideout like that. But, I mean, he was so fantastic that it was okay to well, send him. And what are you going to do? You could say, oh, well, we're not going to schedule the plane. He'll fly with his arms. He'll flap his wings. <laughs> And he'll fly across the oceans and do it himself. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. Yeah. And I mean, the man made the most difficult decision in 500 years. 500 so, years. I mean, yeah. Since Charlemagne, was it? Yeah, it was. It was since our yeah. Charlemagne. Yes. 888-727-BECK. Uh, more Pat and Stu for Glenn coming up. Uh, with Pat and Stu. 888-727-BECK. Hey, it's wonderful that uh, Barack Obama is back in our faces. I just... Why can't this guy take the hint, take the cue from every other president, well, other than Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, of course, <laughs> but every right-thinking president who's ever left office, stay out of things. Move on. You know, go do your dumb lectures or whatever you're going to do and make your $400,000 per speech and leave us alone. Oh, that's what he's kind of doing here, right? In this I, particular I guess clip? this particular thing yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, although... Usually, the presidents don't do political stuff. Yeah, I mean, you see it occasionally around the election, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a presidential candidate or some former president will go out and campaign for a couple of people he likes. You see that occasionally, but that's about the extent of it. You don't, yeah. Certainly, and the Bushes have been the most restrained of anybody. Oh my gosh, uh, George W. Bush. Say what you will about him, and I have. I, you know, not my favorite president. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how restrained was he when? Every day they tore him limb from limb. Every day they tore George W. Bush apart. They blamed everything they could on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they laid everything at his doorstep. And what did he say about about Obama? Nothing. He didn't say anything about Obama. Nope. Uh, he kept his mouth shut. He lived his life in Dallas and Crawford and went about his business. And the only time he really spoke out, he spoke out against Trump. Yeah, it's just it's I know. bizarre. It's like he, it's he, bizarre. I will say that's true. He was he was very restrained until 2016. Until Donald Trump. Yeah, which is which kind of pissed odd, me off. An odd choice. Yeah. Um uh I was watching I went to see Creed 2 last night. We're going to talk about that here in a couple of minutes. Uh which so we'll give you the review without a Glenn Beck spoilers in it. And then we'll do the uh the Obama thing. We got we got to share that with you. That's coming up in a second. Yeah. Too. Um but they had a preview for a movie called Vice which is coming out. Yeah. Which is a Apparently, like Dick Cheney is Darth Vader. Oh yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, uh, uh, what's his face who played Batman? Um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, it's a, it, the cast looks pretty good, and and you know you'd expect apparently he it plays to be him well like an, or a raving lunatic. Yeah, is but how he portrays Cheney. I, the movie. Just looks like they're just blaming Dick Cheney for, for everything. everything. It's like, yeah. didn't you guys give up on this a while ago? Are you still on the Dick Cheney thing? It's bizarre. Really? It's really amazing. We, we've got to sit through Dick Cheney previews. 
<laughs> you're, you're try- I mean, honestly, like they're just—it's never ending with this, uh, with progressives. It's never ending. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's exactly oh, right. Jeez. All right, so we'll hear about Creed next, huh? Yeah, and Creed Barack too. Obama. Okay. Oh, it's wonderful to see Barack Hussein Obama back in in the limelight. Uh, gosh, I have. Well, I can't say I've missed him. Uh, but um, man, well, I, and I I can't say it's good to have him back either. But I can say he is kind of back and omnipresent now again, and he's doing a lot of speeches because he's making um, somewhat of a living, you could say, from doing these speeches. Every time he shows up for an hour, he makes four hundred thousand dollars. Now, four hundred thousand dollars an hour is kind of a decent wage. I don't know if you're aware of that. Would you call it a living wage? I call it a living wage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I would. And then when Michelle shows up at a place, she makes $225,000, which is income inequality, it seems to me. And that uh, That's unbelievable. Isn't that unbelievable? She is making 175000 less per hour than he is. You know what it is, too? Uh, racism. Racism. You know why? Because he's half, half white. white. They're paying the They're white paying half the white more. Half, uh, mo- yes! Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Here's his latest thing. And this is, I mean, people say he's talking about Trump. He's really talking about all of us here. This isn't just about Trump. Listen to how he phrases this. Right now, I could take off the shelf existing technologies. We could reduce carbon emissions by, let's say, 30%. Say that. Without any, it's not like we'd all have to go back to caves and... Mm-hmm. You know, live off yeah. you know fire. Um, uh, we could have electricity and smartphones and uh, all that stuff, um, uh-huh. which would buy us probably another twenty, thirty years for that technological breakthrough that's necessary. The reason we don't do it is because it's because we are still still confused, blind, uh-huh. blind, confused, shrouded with with hate, hate. anger. Anger, I see. Hmm. Racism. What? Racism. Is stopping green Mommy technology? Issues. Mommy, Mommy issues. Mommy issues. I mean. What? We are fraught. Fraught. With mm-hmm. stuff. Now, I, I, great, I, great I have point. to say, I, uh, I dislike this guy. Um, I don't hate him. I, I want to make that clear. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. No, anybody. of course not. I just dislike him with all the intensity of a billion white hot burning suns. Okay. But that's but just not hate. it's not hate. Okay. It's just extreme extremely intense dislike. Uh, <laughs> we should also focus on the idea that this is an incredibly bad point. Right? Like yes. yes. First of all, yes, we have the technology to lower emissions by 30%. At what cost? Like that's right. that's the right, conversation right. here and whether it's worth doing at that but cost. But the, the reason we don't do it is we're fraught with hate, anger and mommy Race and issues? racism? What the hell well, are you talking about? Are we racist against green? Like is that uh, the is that the case? It's so green technology? Weird. That's so so strange and it's such an easy explanation for every issue that progressives don't get what they want. It's yeah. racism, it's hate, it's mommy issues, it's, it's mean, uh, you know, it's the that's pe- clinging to God and guns. It's the same, yeah. use, it's the same it's explanation he uses all the time. Typical white people. Typical white people. Who have a certain reaction to black people bred into them. Yeah. I, you I, talk about racist issues, this guy's got him in, in, in to like the 10th power. Yes. 
He's that, got him. He does. It, I mean, look, the, he, it's constant focus on race. We've made this point back in the day with Glenn, right? Like, it's it, it's not, you know, racism is a weird <laughs> thing to throw around. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. the left has no problem doing it all the time. When someone on yep. the right says something is racist, it's got it's the biggest controversy on earth. But I mean, the bottom line is he's constantly viewing everything through a racial through prism. prism. The man just told you mm-hmm. the reason we don't use solar panels is because of racism. <laughs> how can you deny this? That's unreal. This is exactly how he looks through about every issue. And it's, it's, it's completely all over the left. You know, you look at the, yeah. watch a Chris Matthews show. A guy can't go five minutes without calling somebody racist. It's just, it's just the way these things happen. And I don't mean to, on, on a holiday weekend, tell you to watch Chris Matthews. That's not a good idea. I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. That's a bad one, though. That's a that's a bad one. Oh, that's agonizing. You know, it makes me think. You know, we've been talking a little bit about Michelle Obama and his potential run. I don't know. I don't think they can stay away from this stuff. Oh, they can't. They can't. They, they can't no, avoid they it. Can't. I don't know if that would work. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's especially it's uh, it's disturbing on on the week where uh, both sides of the racial divide have come together in a fantastic movie called Creed 2. And Jason Buttrell is here with us now. Uh, Jason, welcome well, to Well, just to make him feel at home, we should call him Jason Batrill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> now, seems the, like everything's right yeah. in the world. Then. Right. Back to Batrill. Uh, Creed 2 uh, comes out this weekend, actually comes out tonight. Uh, last night they had preview screen, screenings and some actually on Monday. Jason and I both uh, went to one of these preview screenings. And I cannot say enough. Did you go together? Holding hands? <laughs> I would have liked that. But no, that would have been no, better. No, okay. unfortunately, we, we did not test our diversity in that way. All right, um, but uh, not you, that there would be there'd be nothing wrong with oh, it. We didn't nothing. say. That. I mean, obviously, who would suggest that? Right, no one. What are you against? No solar one. panels? No. Is, is, is your opposition <laughs> to solar panels driving your hatred? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, so Creed Two is, of course, the uh, eighth movie. In the Rocky series, if you want to put it wow. that way. Wow. Eight. They had five original Rocky Fives. Yeah. 1976. Mm-hmm. 1976. started. Best picture, if you might remember. Um, it, so it won. People forget that part. People forget that it was best picture. And, you know, there's two, to me, there are two different paths of Rocky movies. There are the story-leaning ones and the action-leaning ones. Mm-hmm. And so you think of Rocky 1, Rocky 2, and then the last two, which is, you know, Creed and the previous movie, which was the sixth one, Rocky Balboa, it was called. Those two, those four movies, I think, were a leaning story. And Rocky three, four, and five were leaning action, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of fight scenes, a lot of musical interludes. I mean, Rocky Rocky three through five were essentially one large music video um, <laughs> and in training sequence. But I love those movies. They're like my favorite movies. Um, this one I thought was a great, great movie. I cannot oversell how much I loved it. Wow. I loved it wow it was good fantastic and it i would say leaned a little bit towards the action side of it which is harder to pull off you know you can get cheesy with nine million boxing scenes and mm-hmm. and a bunch of you know training sequences right like that can happen there's a lot of you know story in it as well it's a really well done movie but the action scenes are fantastic there's i really a- like the guy oh. who plays creed Oh, I, Michael I, B. Jordan? I, yeah, he's mm. really good. You know who else likes he's him? Really Every good. woman in America. Really? <laughs> including my wife. Uh. Which I, I, she, I was, int- she was very uh, willing to go to a boxing movie with me. And at first I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, you know, hey, we're going to... The-. And then mm-hmm. I realized, it, you know, it's, it's Michael B. Jordan, like, mm-hmm. with his shirt off for 80% of it. Uh, it's got nothing... <laughs> she's, this is just a fantasy. It's interesting her. you thought you leaned more action because I almost leaned more, like, story-driven on this one. Really? Like, there was a lot of action, but, I mean, like, and I... The one hit that I've seen other, like, reviewers of this movie talk about was they said, well, it was kind of predictable. It's a Rocky movie. 
You know exactly right. what's going to happen. But, I, but it, they took they took twists and turns. And, and by the way, we've implemented a since Glenn is out, no spoiler policy on the yes. movie. It's going to be tough. We're not going to mm. tell you the entire movie it, during this review. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Jason is, a, is risky. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I, I, I mean, look, Rocky is Rocky, and 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 uh, you kind of understand the basic premise of the movie. Uh, but really well done. The story was yeah. great. I don't want to say that there wasn't, but the action was awesome too. Oh man, like they did a great job with the fight scenes. If you were like part of this, n- the new generation of, of just being like just introduced to Rocky movies, like you, you'll, like Creed is probably the one you like for. I mean, I, I guess for like the new newer generation, right? You'll be like, oh, this is a sequel to Creed. But to me, once I saw that they were introducing Drago into this movie, mm. this was instantly what I've been wanting to see since I was a kid, which was a sequel just to Rocky Four. Like, I wanted them to continue that. Just, yeah. Let's just branch off and do spinoffs of Rocky Four. <laughs> this, to me, felt like a sequel to Rocky Four. Hmm. And I was like, and have you guys seen um, uh, the Cobra Kai, like, remake of The Karate Kid on YouTube? Yeah, they, they did. The, this is with the real actors, like Daniel LaRusso yeah. and, like, the old uh, the old school Karate Kid guys are back. For, have you not seen this? Really? Pat? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so dope. It is like, I cannot believe that's actually good. I saw the preview of it's it. It's good. Uh, it just didn't seem like it could be good. But so, yeah. what it does is there was, like, this, oh, there was, like, this internet, like, theory on, yeah, like, you know, the main bad guy, the, <laughs> what's his name? I don't remember his name. Blonde haired kid. Right, yeah. Um, that he was, like, actually the good guy, and Daniel LaRusso was the bad guy. And so they really go into the story of the bad guy. So anyway, so that's what this reminded mm. me of, this new Rocky movie. They kind of go into the backstory of Drago. And mm, I, yeah. I, I won't, I won't tell, oh, this is going to be rough. I, I won't give anything away. But you actually kind of get into like why he is the way he is in this movie. You find out what happened to him afterwards. Yeah. And it explains mm. a lot. So like, like bad guys and like, you know, like Mr. T. You know what I mean? Like he was just like the typical action movie bad guy in Rocky 3. So like, okay, whatever. But this guy, like there was some depth. To both like Drago and his son, hmm. yeah, because I mean, you know, Rocky three and four, they were just killing machines, right? Like, right, <laughs> like right, right, he's right, going right, up right. against an impossible mm-hmm. opponent. Um, and this one, there's definitely more depth to it. I mean, it's really well done. It's really well. My watching my wife this with this movie is hilarious because first of all, she loves Michael B. Jordan. That you can tell that that's a, that's a real thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, second, like she every crying every time you hear the sad piano come on she's crying (laughs) every time uh every time there's a fight in the ring it's as if she's in there the way she's moving her head around and closing her eyes and like reacting get out of the way get out of the way no 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 no. it's like she's uh, it's hilarious it's one of those movies that can bring every emotion out it's so well done i cannot praise it highly enough and i you know look i'm a big rocky fan anyway um, so I would have probably liked the movie no matter what, but man, it's 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 better than Creed, which was really good. I mean, Creed was a really good movie. Um, this one is better. I, I I freaking really loved it. And there's you know the, you got the villain who basically is going to haunt your dreams for most of it. I mean, he's like a great villain in it. I mean, it's it's really really well done. Yeah, and I don't like watch this when you go to watch. And there's always like that one Thanksgiving movie that you just have to watch. You mm-hmm. can't miss. Creed two is that movie this year. You have to go see it. But when you go see it. Forget about the predictability because that's just going to happen in any, any Rocky movie. And I've seen a couple of reviews that said, "Well, it was predictable." Well, of course, it's a Rocky movie. You know what's going to happen towards the end. It's it builds to that point. But when you watch this movie, don't just think about like the action or whatever. This could easily be a movie not really about boxing. It could easily be a movie just about like a relationship between a father and a child, father and a son, yeah. father. That hmm. easily could, there's there's three separate stories running parallel, all about parenting. Really, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, that, that was one of the biggest things I took in at towards the end. I was like, oh, wow. You know, like I and I, you don't expect to see that from a Rocky movie. It's kind of like Rocky one. You didn't expect it to come out of nowhere and win Best Picture. You also didn't expect to get kind of a lesson in like relationship between a father and a yeah. child in this movie. I was like that that blew me away towards the end. Yeah. And it's uh, it, it's it's worthy of of the, that conversation of, of, you know, award winning type of movie. it's that good. I mean, it's really, really well done. And I don't, you know, because of Rocky and there's, it's the eighth movie in the series. Like you don't, you wouldn't consider them. You know, you probably think they're not going to get all of the awards and everything. But it's, it's worthy of that sort of consideration. It was really, it was really, really well done. Um, so uh, Creed two uh, in theaters tonight. Uh, Jason, you uh, do you do you come up with a scale? Do you have like a, is there a Jason scale? Is there a Batril scale that, um, you, that you work on? The Batril scale, if it goes to I don't know thumbs, <laughs> yeah. it, it's two thumbs up. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> two Batrils, uh, apparently. Uh, no Batrils, two Batrils is the official ranking from Jason. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks. Uh, that's I. You know, Pat, you saw the and you saw the Harry Potter thing too, right? Uh, yes. Recommending it? Yeah, I like I I liked it a lot, and and my my wife's a big Harry Potter fan. And, Loved it too. I kind of assume Harry Potter will get number one again, uh, just because that's what happens with Harry probably. Potter. But still, mm-hmm. I, I probably one two with uh, with that and Rocky. So um, mm-hmm. or, or Creed too. So uh, worthwhile movies this weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, all right. Some things you could actually, you know, tolerate in yeah. the theater, which is nice. When football's off, you go to the theater. Exactly. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the number. Back in a second. Welcome. Pat Gray and uh, Stuber Gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You know, we were just talking about movies uh, a second ago. The other movie that you need to see, if you haven't yet, is Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, yes. Gotta see that. <laughs> so good. That's the story of Queen. Yeah. The band. So good. And particularly uh, Freddie Mercury, who had a super interesting life. I mean, the guy was just, you know, a flat-out musical genius. Uh, but the whole band were, they were really smart guys. Um, Brian May, the guitarist, was like a um, almost a rocket scientist kind of person. Really? Yeah. And then you know, pretty decent guitar player as well. So yeah, he did a, he did a decent job. Yeah, there. he did. Uh, he built his own guitars and created a, a Queen guitar sound. You know, there not a lot of bands have done that. Boston did that. Queen did that. And, and then and those bands seem to really endure. But anyway, it's it's a great movie. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, that's that's definitely worth your time uh, on this holiday weekend. By the way, we, we were talking about the whole Rocky thing. The guy who played Ivan Drago, Dolph Lundgren. We kind of yeah, uh, speaking of smart this. guys. Yeah, we mentioned this the other day, but we actually found the details uh, in between the shows. <clears throat> Dolph Lundgren was on a Fulbright scholarship at MIT when Jeez. he was cast as as Ivan Drago. Wow. Now in the movie, he basically just says, "I must break you." <laughs> like that's pretty much his only. <laughs> You will lose. That's pretty much the only two things he says in the entire movie. I think it is, right? He says two sentences. Yeah. I will break you. I will break you and you will lose. And you will lose. That's That's pretty much it. Yeah. And he's He's not sharing quadratic equations in the movie. He talks more in the new one. And he's uh, good. He's he's good. Yeah. But I mean, he was really, really smart. I saw him in an interview and you... Uh, recently, and you could tell he's he's very very smart. He it, when you when he starts to talk, it, it kind of that whole this is a big dumb guy thing dissipates in your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't work so well. Yeah, it does. It's like the opposite. Like you you have these endearing people who you watch in movies, and then they come out and they're like protesting at Code Pink rallies and throwing like you know uh, you know throwing things at Republican congressmen. You're like ah, it ruins them. This is this one ruins them the other way. <laughs> you think he's a big dumb guy that just and I wanted him to up. be a big dumb yeah, guy. Yeah, he's not. He's too smart. And he's not. For that. No. So it kind of sucks. It kind of blew my whole 
thing around uh, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> uh, the Punisher will never be the same uh, after this. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Uh, so let's talk about um, Relief Factor for a moment, if we should, Pat. All right. Pat, uh, mm-hmm. Relief Factor is a, uh, I mean, something that's changed Glenn's life uh, for the better. Uh, for over four years, Relief Factor has been helping uh, people here at the Blaze uh, with pain. You know, if you have that kind of consistent nagging sort of pain, mm-hmm. a lot of that's caused by inflammation. And Relief Factor is a great way to fight against that. If you're one of the people who, like, if you've got little kids, you're chasing them around all the time. You've got little grandkids you're chasing around all the time. You want to play tennis or golf or whatever, and you keep having pain, Relief Factor is a great thing to try. They've got a three-week quick start that makes it really easy. So for $19.95, they'll send you three weeks of it. This is when you're going to start feeling the difference. And if it works for you, you can continue with it. 70% of people, it's over 70% actually, uh, wind up buying more. Uh, once they get the three-week quick start, it's working for them. Let's see if it will work for you. If you want a drug-free and natural way to ease your pain, go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com is the place to go. Uh, Glenn uses it. Uh, a lot of people here at The Blaze do as well. Relieffactor.com. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Pat Gray and Stuber Gear uh, for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. By the way, you can join me for my show, uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Immediately preceding this show, uh, we'll do it again Monday uh, and all next week, um, and then every week after until um, they tell me to stop. <laughs> right, that's kind of that's why. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, when they tell, tell me to stop, I'll, I'll they, walk out. You know, my, you know, if my key doesn't work in the door anymore, then then it will not happen anymore that's how it works so that's yeah, how it works in this yeah, industry it does um we've been talking a little bit about the things we're thankful for that are actually positive some positive news in the world mm-hmm. uh we've pointed out a few of them already certainly creed 2 would be one of those things i'm thankful <laughs> for um but there's uh let me give you this this is from the wall street journal matt ridley wrote wrote this uh he uh this is an amazing thing and i know you know the answer to this but i think the second part of it is, is fascinating uh, a Swedish statistician, public health, health expert, began asking people the question, has the percentage of the world population that lives in extreme poverty, has it almost doubled or almost halved or stayed the same over the past 20 years? Now, I think you know the answer there, Pat, and I think mm-hmm. some people in the audience mm-hmm. might know the answer, um, which is it's almost halved in, in the past 20 years, again, in our lifetime. And you got to believe the perception among especially young people, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. is that it's doubled. Right? right, poverty is doubled. It's doubled, and I think the mo- the vast majority of people might think that, but mm-hmm. the percentage is amazing. Only five percent got the answer right. Wow, five percent. Wow. Now think of the achievement that this is. It's one of the greatest achievements in human history. Okay, you've taken oh, definitely. the people who are in extreme poverty, cut it by half in two decades. That's insane. That should not mm-hmm. be possible. And almost every, I don't think it was believed to be possible 20 years ago. And here we are 20 years later, it's happened and nobody notices. Only 5% of Americans are, are aware of it, which is fascinating. Um, and it, you know, his story is about how people are drawn to negative news. People are drawn to think the worst. But you know, it's kind of the fight or flight thing. I think at some level, like you, you're concerned about something. They ran tests on, uh, you know, experiments on, psychologists ran them on people in sort of random tests, and they would, they would get people who said they wanted good news. They wanted the good news, 
And then when they had the opportunity, always gravitated to the negative news. And maybe that's, you know, like it's a survival instinct at some level. Like you want to, you want to try to survive. And, and so you're worried about whatever threat might be out there. So mm-hmm. you're looking at negative stories more, uh, more routinely. Um, but it is strange that we are like that. I don't, it's hard to enjoy life when you're like that. And you look at the numbers that go through, and if you have a, a copy of, give me a copy, you got a copy of Addicted to Outrage over there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a copy of Addicted to Outrage, you'll see this in the book. The stats in here are quite amazing. This is a, to, to see how far we've come, to see how far the globe has come, but also the United States, is really amazing. People who are considered poor in the United States, the number is, I mean, we're talking about major major things that weren't even available. Matt Ridley talks about this in his book, The Rational Optimist, which is a book I really like. Um, and it, he talks about King Louis. And, you know, King Louis back in the day, what would he do? He, would, he could have anything he wanted. So what he would do is every night when it was time, time for dinner, he would order his servants. You're talking about the orangutan in uh, Jungle Book? Yes. King Louis, that one? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> He would have his big, like, king-like medieval table, right? And it would be that, you know, your long rectangular rectangular table. Mm -hmm. And people would, he would direct his servants every night to bring him every kind of food available. So it was every, they would make all the different kinds of foods. They would bring all the different kinds of fruits and vegetables that were available. All the foods uh, that he could possibly want. And he was the king. He could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And so he brought everything and, you know, he would eat, obviously he couldn't eat all of the foods. He would eat a little bit of it and the rest would be, you know, either thrown away or given to the staff or whatever. But he got to choose whatever he wanted first because he was the freaking king. We now have that mm-hmm. at Golden Corral. Yeah. Any person who wants mm-hmm. to spend $8 can go to Golden Corral and eat as much as they want. <laughs> Every grocery store you walk into has thousands and thousands more choices than King Louis could have ever had. Oh, my gosh. And not to mention the quality of it. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, King Louis didn't have red velvet Oreos. Really? Yeah. Which is. Are you sure? They didn't. Why? No wonder all those people died. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Was it the plague or was it suicide? (laughs) I don't know. You were just like, ah, screw it. Where are the Oreos? But I mean, seriously, like you have more choices now and it can be afforded by almost everybody in the United States um, to go eat almost anything you want all the time. We have this giant problem now with obesity rather than uh, starvation. That is not something has been common in the world's history. Yeah, and it's, you know what? It's still not as common in the rest of the world as it is here. No. I mean, go to Bulgaria and see if you have the choices that the United States of America does. No. With the constitution we have and the form of, um, uh, and the kind of economy we have here. Yeah. With capitalism, with the free market. That's true. It's all, it's, all of these things are better here, right? Yes. But I mean, even in Bulgaria, you can go to a restaurant in which, quote-unquote, servants yes. will come and ser- servers instead of servants, but mm-hmm. they'll come and they'll bring you food that has been prepared, and right. you get to order anything you want off a menu. And you don't have to do the dishes afterwards. Right. I mean, yes, you have a pretty good deal. But that's a pretty good deal. Uh, This is from Addicted to Outrage. For all of eternity, man was able to stay alive without a refrigerator, electricity, radio, microwave, or color television. It might have been hot, sticky, and a lot less entertaining, but survival was possible. Today, each of these self-evident luxury items, when measured against all of human history, are owned between by between 96.3 and 99.3% of all households. 
Jeez, I mean, wow. these are, that's amazing. The computer, when Bill Clinton was elected, this is not that long ago. I mean, it is, it's a while. I mean, you, if you watch the Lewinsky thing, you realize it. I mean, just by the quality of the video back then, before HD, you realize how it feels a lot longer ago than it was. But when Bill Clinton was elected, only 20% of American households had a computer. 20%. When Barack Obama left office, more than 80% had a computer. And the 20% that didn't have one, it wasn't largely because, well, they couldn't afford a computer or the computers weren't available enough. It was because more than half had a tablet. Oh, yeah. Almost everyone had a smartphone far more powerful than any computer even available during the Clinton years. You think King Louis had computers? No. No, he didn't. But this is just back in the Clinton years. People didn't have them. The average price of land that produces, or excuse me, the average piece of land that produces corn now yields 8.6 times as much corn as it did during World War II. 8.6 times as much. Wow. Think, think about all the people we had to feed. Think about all the environmentalists who've warned us over the years that massive people were going to starve because we wouldn't be able to produce as much food. Mm-hmm. Well, now that piece of land is doing 8.6 times as much, which is only positive if you like corn. I understand that. You might not like it. But, I mean, feeding people is pretty freaking important. And we're able to do that like we've never been able to do it before. The portion of the U.S. population that is homeless and unsheltered. Around the world, it's 20%. In the U.S., 0.1%. That is a stunning statistic. 200 times worse around the world. Wow. And we question capitalism? We question the free market? It's 200 times worse. That's amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. The homicide rate in the United States has dropped by about half from the levels of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. While the media constantly warns, uh, warns of the epidemic of rape culture, the rate mm. of forcible rape has dropped by over 30% since the 90s, even in Hollywood, apparently. As we, as we talk about the caravan that's in Tijuana now, mm. you know what the murder rate in, you know what the, the murder number oh, in Tijuana so far this year is? It's over 2,200 people murdered in a town of 1.6 million. Oh 2,200. You know what the number is in 8 million resident New York City this year? No. 147. Oh 147 compared to over 2,200 in Tijuana. But well, we definitely shouldn't have a border wall. I want to make sure no that's border clear. Wall. We don't right. want to keep that exactly. separate from us. I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And the strides that we've made in reducing crime like that in this country are unbelievable. And it's, it, yes, it's still too high. You don't want 147 people to be murdered in New York or anywhere else. Of course. Uh, but that's an amazing achievement because the number used to be over 2,000 in New York. It was basically Tijuana. It was. Except more people, so the yes. ratio wasn't as bad. But right. still, it was but still, the same amount of murder. it was bad yeah. for us uh, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we've made unbelievable strides since then. It's incredible. Um, perhaps the most surprising, and I know this as a parent, <laughs> Uh, of two small kids going to school you know you one of these school shootings happen and you know you you can't help but freak out a little bit you can't help but you know uh, you just don't want that to happen to your kid and it seems like it's just like this foreign thing that has come out of nowhere and 
And, and uh, while obviously I'm not uh, for the gun restrictions and the, and the kind of silliness that the left suggests for such a thing. I mean, how ridiculous is this? You're going you're to ban, let's say you ban AR-15s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then people with $1,200 to spend on guns instead buy, what, three or four different guns, uh, you know, with the same amount of money. Yes. Um, so there's, at the end of the day, more guns on the street. This is what mm-hmm. happened in the 90s when they tried an assault weapons ban. More guns on the street after it than before and, it. And by the way, the kind of guns that are responsible for most murders in this country. Yeah, most mo- handguns. Most most murders are from handguns. Overwhelmingly, they're handguns. not from they're not from rifles, right? Which is it's just so it's so stupid. It's such a I mean, it like, but it's it, stupid with a understandable uh, emotional backing. Yeah, right. Like I yeah, yeah. get it when I see these things. I feel yeah. the same way. I have kids. I want this to stop. It's it's heart wrenching. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. But this is this number. I will say shocked me more than any number uh, that, that we had talked about as going through and, and putting this book together. Uh, the number of school shootings has dropped dramatically. Has dropped dramatically. The rate of students killed per million in fatal school shootings has dropped by over seventy five percent. That's really something. That is shocking to me and hard to believe because you would think it's triple what it used to be yeah the way the media handles this the stories yeah and we start buying into it and you you know it's hard not to you get beat over the head by it all the time yeah and the emotion is certainly there but i mean i because because you have you heard that stat on cnn or even fox no no no. i mean i i haven't you don't now this is this researchers at northeastern the ones put this together said that this means quote four times the number of children were killed in schools in the early 90s as today Wow. Four times. And this is what was was fascinating to me. I was in high school in the 90s. That's when I was there. When I was in school. uh, Yeah, you too. (laughs) Me too. When we were in school. Late 90s, though. You know, because I think you were. Oh, I was early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. But (laughs) the point is, I was, when I was in school with absolutely no fear of a school shooting ever. Oh, I know. Ever. I was four times as likely to be killed in a school shooting than kids are today. Absolutely amazing. That is incredible. It's an amazing statistic. That's something to be thankful for. Yes. That's an incredible improvement. Uh, And as they they, uh, summarize it, quote, there is not an epidemic of school shootings, end quote. This is not a conservative. This is Northeastern University. Yeah, that's not done by the Republican Party. No, not at all. And that is, I mean, that is real, truly amazing and what we've seen i think and part of what explains that is we've seen a rise in the large number of like the mass incident event right where someone goes in and shoots 10 people yeah and a a lot of it was more spread out but in a way that's more dangerous right like if you happen Mm -hmm. to be uh, the incredibly unlucky person who happens to be at a school where a mass school shooting goes off I mean, it's. I mean, the odds against it. Are so incredible. the mass, the mass shootings are up. Mass shootings are. I. This is. I don't but have the, the stats smaller in here. shootings now. Mass in more places are way, 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 down. way, 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 way down. And so you were mm. probably, you know, you're going to be more likely for your school to be involved in a death yeah. back then by right. a, a, a ton of times. Now, mass shootings overall, the peak was actually in the late twenties. Um, uh, when you talk about mass shootings in general, um, but they, you know there 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 are different varieties of this statistic, and you can find it. But again, they're down since the '90s, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, because we've got, had a great amount of improvement. How about this? If, if you're if you're of a certain age, you may remember being terrified of polio, right? Yeah. 1952, yeah. there were 57,879 cases of polio in the United States. 
In 2017, there were zero. It's amazing. <laughs> zero. Completely yeah. wiped out in this country. And that's because of the vaccine that you took as a sugar cube when I was a kid. That's amazing. Yeah. Among huh. men in the United States, if you're a dude, you're going to be happy about some of this. Death rates from colon cancer have dropped by 30%. Oh, that's another thing I would think was way up. Yeah, right? Because that's now all you hear. You hear about yeah. like having to get checked every six you know, mm-hmm. minutes, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, lung cancer has dropped by 40%. Prostate cancer, again, another one of those that you'd think was up, mm-hmm. has dropped by 45%. Wow. Death from stomach cancer has dropped by 50%. All since 1990. How about breast cancer? We wear a lot of pink socks on the, on the football field. You got pink socks and pink pants, and, uh, and, we, and that's going mm-hmm. on, and that's great. You know, I'm, I, I don't like the pink. I don't like the pink uniforms on, in football. But I mean, the, the <laughs> donations are great. Among women, the death rate from breast cancer has dropped by thirty-five percent. Wow, wow, that's all really, really freaking good news that we never ever mm-hmm. contemplate anymore. Definitely stuff to be thankful for, and you would never guess it. And I think part of that, though, is the 24-hour news cycle. I yeah. think part of that is there's, there's so much news that's disseminated. And you, see, you hear about it all the time. Everything that happens, you hear about it nonstop. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Stu uh, this week, Glenn's back on Monday. 888-727-BECK. Hey, uh, beginning at midnight tomorrow, everything at shop.theblaze.com will be 20% off. Just use the promo code BLACKFRIDAY20, BLACKFRIDAY20, uh, at shop dot the blaze.com there's gonna be another discount code for uh cyber monday so keep an eye out on uh, facebook and instagram and twitter for that um but you can get um you can get the pack ray uh unleashed mugs oh nice quite handsome before nice you can get the blaze mugs which are really cool very cool the t-shirts the hats uh there's a special limited edition of a glenn and pat t-shirt with I think it's our very first promotional photo uh, that we ever took together in you, Baltimore. You're uh, 12 and 10 years old, I believe, <laughs> yes. uh, at the time. Yes. You are very young. And we, we look pretty young at the time, especially Glenn. Uh, he looks like he's five mm-hmm. in the in these photos. So there there's that. That's available. Uh, and so I guess we also have Jeffy mugs. Why would you do that? Why would you have that? Uh, I, I mean... I can't think of a reason. I mean, if you're going to make something, I would think Jeffy plate would be something interesting to buy. Because mm-hmm. if you're thinking about what you think about when you think of Jeffy, you're going to think of food. Maybe a plate like the size of a typical kitchen table would be something that, that interesting <laughs> merchandise-wise they could make. Plus, there's the cool uh, Don't California My T-shirt t-shirts. Don't California My Texas t-shirt? Is that what it, it's supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be Don't, don't California oh, My yes, Texas. Yes, I think yes. you're right. Yeah. Don't California My Texas mm-hmm. t-shirts. Uh, and then don't New York my Florida t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's all at shop.theblaze.com uh, for Black Friday 20. Yeah, I'll also point out too, if you're thinking of an early uh, Christmas gift for someone, you want to get it out of the way early so you don't have to think about anything for Christmas, mm-hmm. and you're going to see uh, that uh, relative this weekend, uh, and they happen to be in Florida, it's a good time to uh, select a uh, tour tickets. Uh, we're going to be at in Tampa and Orlando in a couple of weeks. Go to glenbeck.com slash tour. It's a really fun show. I would love to see the show. I don't live in Tampa or Florida. No. So I probably won't see this show, but uh, I would love to. Well, you um, have that condo in Syria. We might do an appearance there if you want to. Oh, wanna, really? Yeah, Are you thinking about that? If you're going to be visiting that condo at any yeah. point. I usually well, only show. go in my, uh, you know, in the, in the summer. Um 
or my summer break. Yeah. But uh, but I could make an exception if you guys are going there this winter. So nice and serious. So this time of year? Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want uh, necessarily, not necessarily the place you want to visit right now, but Tampa and Orlando are pretty nice. So check it out, especially this Very time nice. of year, by the way. You guys going to get any time to go to uh, Disney World? I don't think so. I, I we're getting to that point with my kids, though, where I'm going to have to make these sorts of decisions. And, yes, uh, I'm yes. Very intimidated by them. There's like a whole process if you're going to Disney with your kids. You mm-hmm. got to know all the stuff in advance. You got to buy like the fast passes mm-hmm. in advance. You mm-hmm. have to get like there's all these tricks of the trade. I have a couple friends who go there. Um, really, you know, one has kids. The other one just oddly seems to go as like a mid twenties person. Uh, all the time very strange <laughs> development um but that the, between those two people uh i have a lot of inside information on how to get this stuff so i'm like i'm looking at nice. this as like you know it's it's a puzzle yeah you know? your kids are getting to that perfect age to take them oh yeah yeah it's pat and Stu for glenn triple eight seven two seven beck let's go to jason in uh florida hey jason you're on the glenn glenn beck program Good. I have to set y'all straight on Dolph Lundgren. He's uh, actually not a dumb man by any means, as you found out, but he is a very good actor and a very good martial artist. He did a movie mm-hmm. with Brandon Lee prior to the Rocky series called Showdown Little Tokyo, or mm-hmm. it might have been right afterwards. But it's a very good movie. Um, he's a great martial artist. But, yeah, I've always loved him as an action star. That guy doing martial arts has got to be pretty impressive because <laughs> he's massive. <laughs> He's, he re- he really he really is, and you also see him. He was in the uh, what it was the Expendables, yeah, uh, the Stallone movie where him and uh, Jet Li beat each other up, which was quite humorous. Watching Jet Li go against him, <laughs> so yeah, he, he's he's a good guy. I like him. Now, can I win tickets to uh, the Tampa Glenn Beck show? Uh, first of all, I, I love the fact that you've tried to hide this behind a point. So yes, you can have tickets to the Tampa Glenn Beck show. That's awesome. What's your what's your name again? <laughs> Jason. Jason. All right, Jason. We're going to put you on hold, and we would love to see you. To that see was you out all there. a ruse. That was, I love. He that. didn't care at all about Ivan Drago or Dolph Lundgren. He, no, uh, he wow. just he just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> she just wanted tickets to the Tampa show. It was completely insincere. I, I'm, I'm a little bit hurt now. I'm kind of honored by it. Like I like Are the you? fact that he took he took the effort to make a Rocky point. Like, <laughs> yes, he the, ne- did. the next call we're going to have yeah, is. By the way, I just wanted to say the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> Super Bowl was most wonderful. Can I have tickets to your one of the high show? points of my life. By the way, you have any tickets left? <laughs> Uh, let's go to Craig in Kentucky. Hey, Craig, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, how you guys doing? Um, doing good. I wanted to quick, quick, uh, make a quick analogy and propose a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I always look at uh, Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, almost like a household that runs our country, right? Yep. So if I compare it to my household, my wife and I try to not bicker, try to not put negative things out against each other, especially in front of the kids, right? Because the kids got to know it's going good. We got to keep the house together. Right. Mm-hmm anymore um seems like the gloves are, gloves are off for the divorced parents um that hey we're just trying to bash each other to the kids and get favoritism among the kids there's no common ground there's no hey this is going to be better for the country in the long run so because nobody can even find anything nice about donald trump right mm-hmm. love him or hate him he's got to be doing something right that you could at least go you know what i don't agree with him on this i agree with him on that now if my wife and i split up we each get a separate house. We run our house how we want to. My question is, what does the country do when you got Fox, CNN, who clearly have their biases? You got Democrats, Republicans who want to take the country completely different ways. Well, we can't just split the country up and you run the west side. We'll run the east side and you know agree to part ways. The marriage didn't work. So what do we do? Where do we go? 
is my question. I mean, it's a tough question, and I think, you know, there are... I always feel like you look at like a, a, a debate like the uh, the gun situation. What always happens after a mass shooting, right? You have the situation where the Republicans say come up with their solutions. Democrats say they don't want guns, right? Like that's mm-hmm. basically what happens every single time. Um, and, you know, we go back and forth on whether the Democrat solution of taking away our Second Amendment rights is a good one or not. Obviously, we believe it's a bad one and nothing happens. But there's a lot of low-hanging fruit outside of the gun debate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we talk about security in schools. Like, there are very few, I think there are very few Democrats who would disagree that there should be some level of security in schools, right? Like, kids have, mm-hmm. Democrats have kids too. They want them to be protected. They don't want them necessarily to be protected by teachers. They might not like that, right? Like, if Republicans say, oh, teachers, let's arm the teachers, and the Democrats say, let's take away all these guns. Neither one of those are, are possible solutions because the other side is automatically going to disagree with them. But there are lower hanging fruit. Things like mental health is another one. Like I think everybody on both sides agree that people who have massive mental health problems should not be owning firearms. Uh, and also uh, curing that situation because just making it so they don't own them or can't buy them doesn't solve the solution at all. It doesn't solve the problem at all. I mean, Adam, uh, whatever his name was in, uh, in I was going to say his name because I, I do remember it, but I'm. I don't want to give these people any freaking recognition anymore. But the guy in uh, Newtown, he was had real problems, mm-hmm. mental health, but he didn't own guns. His mom owned guns. His mom had no mental problems, but he went and stole all of her guns and shot her and killed her and then went and killed all those kids. How do you solve that with a with a with a, a restriction on mental health? It's not about it's about trying to help those people so they don't do those things, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think like I I do think that there's a there's an argument to be made where you can look more commonly for low-hanging fruit in a lot of these debates. A lot of these issues, there are elements of them that will do some, they'll give some improvement without having to go down uh, the road of, um, of helping, you know, of, of, of violating a principle. Like, you take away my Second Amendment rights, you're violating a principle. It's a non-starter for mm-hmm. me. So you go down those roads and it doesn't work. Addicted to outrage has a lot of ways to it's it's a, the whole book is about addressing exactly what you're talking about and um, trying to find a way to to not only exist with with people who let's be honest about it a lot of times you think are completely insane a lot of the views that I hear from Democrats I think are completely insane and I I, I find it difficult to even acknowledge them without ridiculing them or just getting incredibly frustrated mm-hmm. but. A, you're going to live with these people, so you got to figure something out. And B, our goal used to be persuasion. Ronald Reagan's goal was persuasion, right? Like it, it, Ronald Reagan's he had goal, dinner every single night of the week with Tip O'Neill. He <laughs> I had don't, breakfast, I don't, lunch, and dinner. I don't think that's every true. day with Tip O'Neill, seven days a week. I don't think that's, that's true. That's how they and they fought like cats and dogs during the day. Mm. And then they went and ate every meal together. I don't. Uh, I don't think that's accurate. I think he, <laughs> he ate with was, his wife a lot. Uh, no, <laughs> never. No, he always he never ate had with dinner Tip with O'Neill. Nancy. Oh no! Mm. Ask uh, Chris Matthews. He never had dinner with anybody but Tip O'Neill. And I, I like the Tip O'Neill thing because Chris Matthews brings this up all the time. All the time. And in his context of bringing it up is, they would work together, and then you know that would be a way to get to bipartisan solutions, right? Like yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And look at your hero, that. Ronald Reagan. Your hero mm-hmm. got along with the left. Why can't you? Right. I think that's, that's the kind ultimate of the point, right? I, I, I don't necessarily... I, bipartisanship, to me, 
is generally speaking overrated. Bipartisanship is not something to praise in and of itself. Now, if you have like, there's a lot of things that get voted on in the Senate that were voted on 98 to nothing, right? And the, you know, mm-hmm. so that sort of bipartisanship is fine, right? Like if it's something that everybody agrees with and it's good. But if you're compromising your principles, then it's not good. It's not good. But what is that, good is that trying, all too often happens, right? And if you have something, an argument that's correct, trying to convince someone rather than just shouting at them is really a, a, a good idea. You know, that, that is something that I don't think we attempt enough anymore. Like, I, I, and I'm guilty of this as well. A lot of times I'll be talking about something I'm passionate about, and it just makes me feel good that I know what I'm talking about and I'm right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think everybody does that at some level. You try to avoid it because you're a jerk, basically, if you do it, but you're always convinced of something. When, you, when, the, when the Kavanaugh thing's going down, people are heated. And, you know, our side is saying, like, you can't just throw this guy, you can't ruin this guy's life over nothing. And their side is saying you can't put a rapist in this on the Supreme Court. Now, look, there one one of those two arguments is right. Okay, <laughs> one of them, not two of them. One of them is right, and it's hard to um, to even give oxygen to the other side. In my mind, that one is so blatantly horrible as a precedent to set down that we should just oh one accusation from thirty years ago. Oh yeah, God obviously ruined the guy's life. Like it's completely bonkers to me. However, when you talk to people and you say, hey, you know, you have a son, right? Like, is this a standard you want to embrace for your, the rest of your son's life? You know, is this something that... Where any woman any could woman. accuse him of anything, and he's just done in his career as a result of it without looking into it any further. Yeah. Well, if there's no evidence and there's no corroboration, are you willing to have your son just lose his job and his livelihood over it. Yeah, let me ask you another question. You remember growing up uh, as and this this is an interesting conversation that I had with several women uh, when this when the me too stuff was going on around the holidays last year. You go into these Christmas parties. Of course, we're, you know, we're in the business of talking about news and politics, so you you mm-hmm. wind up having a lot of conversations about that. And it was the women all the time, all the time that would come up and say, uh, I had about 20 friends who did things just like that. I had friends who came up and made false accusations against guys they liked and hated constantly because they... Now, this is not me saying this. This is not the guy saying mm-hmm. this. These are the women who were friends with other women who did this. And we all inherently know when we stop and think about it for a moment that women... This is a technicality here. Women are people... So people do terrible things all the time. Wait, you're you're saying women are not perfect beings? I am saying that Wait, women are that... not perfect beings, period. Wow. Full, Why the full misogyny? Stop. <laughs> full stop. <laughs> Why? Why the sexism? Let me give you an example of this. Huh. Uh, guy, morning of September 22nd of last year, Christopher Procopia went to work at his lumber yard in, uh, in Georgetown. Um, he had uh, someone stop by to see him. That person happened to be a police officer. That police officer charged him with burglar, burglary and the intent to commit other crimes, uh, likely sexual assault or rape. Um, the person accusing him... The intent to commit other crimes. Yes. So they knew what was in his head. Well, I guess he didn't actually do it, right? But okay. he broke in with the intent to do it. All right. Okay, that was the charge. And mm-hmm. they had some evidence. They had a witness, the woman former high school girlfriend uh and they had dated for a long time 
she uh, had not only the story of what had happened, but also an X on her chest that was carved into her, her chest via box cutter. And uh, by him? Is by what him. She was right. alleging. She said he did it. Um, he That's had pretty ugly. no freaking idea what was going on, however, uh, because he was nowhere near her at the time that she said that this happened. Now, remember during the Kavanaugh thing, oh, the time? What does the time matter? What does the day matter? What does it matter what time this happened? It was she, of course, she can't remember exactly, but it doesn't matter. Well, here's the reason why it does matter. Um, at the time this was going on, he happened to be at a, a Northwest Austin, Texas hotel about 65 miles away from the accuser's home. And of course, you can certainly mm-hmm. say that all you want. Mm-hmm. But he happened to have a selfie at the time with his family that was posted and dug up and that is what got him off. He was he went through the arrest process. He was accused of rape. This woman apparently Jeez. did not like him and wanted to uh, had a vendetta against him and made a false charge. He's now walking free and everything's fine because she was lying about him, according to the court. And so but, but we like, believe survivors doesn't really apply in that particular case. It would not be and a good policy not, in that case. Not a good policy. Or how about the woman? Anna Ayers, who was a journalism major and a member of the Student Senate at Ohio University, she found some threatening notes, Pat. Uh, she was, they were har- harassing her. They said, uh, they said that she should, uh, should not be allowed in the, in the Student Senate. They said that, uh, that she was, I think it's because of her sexual orientation. And uh, the only minor issue was this. Uh, and this is uh, uh, just a minor issue. Um, she wrote the notes herself, <laughs> which is, you know, always what happens in this situation. I mean, we could go through these all day. Yeah. People do these things to each other all, all freaking day. All the time. And I think everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. So if you can talk to someone and say, hey, this is, you, you, you know this, you know what this is, and, and not go after them and scream at them about Brett Kavanaugh, but try to bring it into another place so they think about it differently. Uh, you wind up having a lot more success. And... Only only changing people's minds are going to get us back to the constitutional principles. We don't have enough. You saw this in the Senate. You know, the Democratic Senate popular vo- or House popular vote, as they're still calculating it with all the last votes, looks like it will be the largest in history. Ooh. The worst electoral defeat in history when it comes to popular vote in the House. Wow. That is a big deal. Yeah. And it's, so you can't just have your base. you got to be able to convince people who will listen. And we need to get better at that. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. With Pat and Stu today, um, PETA is upset with the president right now because uh, turkeys don't need to be pardoned, and uh, President Trump did in fact pardon uh, a turkey yesterday. Right, the thirty-nine pound white wonder named Peas the turkey. Uh, but uh, PETA's comment was: turkeys don't need to be pardoned. They aren't serving five to ten for armed robbery. No, but they are going to wind up on a plate somewhere if the president doesn't pardon one of them. Like the one he didn't pardon. Is that really? Does the one that doesn't I get think pardoned they do actually eat it? Yeah, I think they kill it and eat it. Very strange. So, it's a weird tradition. Yeah, because yeah. I think most people just would like if you're eating meat, you want to basically avoid the idea of how it got there. I right? yeah, like, I don't like thinking about its no. living years. No. I don't like that. 
Uh, maybe other people don't care, but I, you know, like even if I have steak, I don't want to think of the cow walking around no. eating grass. No, I, mean, I don't think most people do. I don't mm-hmm. think that's uh, that's it's ideal. not pleasant. And yeah. that, it's not one of the things that kind of sort of turned you off of me. Yeah, I right? don't. I didn't like the idea that because I felt that way the, the same way as as you. I I just didn't like mm-hmm. the idea that I was essentially just ignoring it. Like I mm-hmm. I was just like, oh well, like if I, I don't am. think I just about ignore it. it, right? Yes, I didn't. You went a feel step further consistent. and actually did something yeah. about it. <laughs> it just didn't feel consi- <laughs> like if this is bothering me, why am I continuing to do it? See, I don't uh, dig into it that yeah, that's, deeply. That's I think. Uh, the, I don't think most Americans uh, <laughs> are probably on that path. Which uh-huh. I you know I certainly understand. It's it's not something you want to think about. You know. It's like, so tomorrow you'll eat. Oh, I've got some tofurkey. Uh, not to forget, I've got a I've got a craft uh, uh, thing from Minneapolis I got sent in. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a long story. Glenn right. back. Uh, sponsor this half hour, Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock is, if you're going to have Thanksgiving dinner, you're probably going to have it at home. Um, you might want to have that home protected. And uh, we've talked a lot about all the different ways to prepare, whether it's food storage or security system in your home. But this is one you may not have thought of. Home title fraud is one of the fastest growing crimes in America because titles and mortgages are stored online where thieves all over the world can hunt them. And once they get them, they can do quick transfers and make it so they can borrow money against your equity. They can even sell your home. Don't be a victim of home identity theft. No bank identity theft program or insurance is going to protect you against this. you got to do what I did and start sign up for HomeTitleLock.com. Pennies a day, uh, Home Title Lock will put a barrier around your home's title and mortgage, and the instant something happens, they are there to fix it. Get your $100 search free. See if you're already a victim. HomeTitleLock.com. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Back Ray and Stuber gear today. Hey, good news, America. It looks like Beto O'Rourke will be back in the nation's consciousness very, very soon. He's probably going to run for president, but his his backers are begging him. If you don't run for president, at least run for another Senate seat in Texas. And John Cornyn is up for a re-election in 2020, so he might be running. I, I kind of think he might beat Cornyn. You know, with Ted Cruz, Ted's ideology and Beto's ideology it's a big gap right yes definitely with Cornyn it narrows it, yeah it's still a gap but it's still a gap it's not as but big. nowhere near as big and so uh I think he had like 10 or 15 million left over from his campaign so he's already got you know some pretty good seed money for whatever Whatever office he runs for. It's interesting, too. This is something, as we've looked back at the election results that we were talking about a little bit earlier off the air, <laughs> in that, you know, Democrats did really well in this election. I mean, they, this was mm-hmm. not only just every single time you have a, a president who, the uh, in power, the opposing party usually gains seats. That's well known. This is still one of the it was one of the is a top tier performance over the past century. Wasn't as good as the Tea Party wave. Wasn't as good as 1994 for the Republicans. Um, but it was one of the best that they have done in the last century. Either party, it's a, depending on how you look at it, it's about third or fourth best um, in the in the past, uh, you know, between sixty and a hundred years. Wow! And so it is a. They did very well in the House. I mean, they gained. It looks like it's going to be about forty seats in the House. They're going to pick up. The only thing they didn't get were the high profile positions, and that was was interesting. And I, th- Florida, I, Georgia, and Texas, right? And so the ones they focused on in, in big ways mm-hmm. did not come through, right? A, Which know, is great. Great Florida in both Senate and uh, Governor. 
<laughs> Georgia governor, Texas Senate, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of others you might throw in there, Indiana Senate, um, uh, Missouri Senate. But really one? everything else popped for him. Right. Everything and, else they got. And it was interesting because the way the, the election night unfolds, I've said this before, when you have early results, a lot of times they tell the story of the night where you will say, okay, Republicans doing worse in these three places. Therefore, you can kind of set the, the, the climate of what the election is and say, it looks like this might be a good night for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Oddly, what happened last night is three of the exceptions to the rule were the first ones that came out. The Florida results. You know, Republicans started doing well in Florida. Um, I would also throw in uh, the um, Indiana Senate, where Republicans far outperformed expectations uh, as compared to polling. It was supposed to be basically a toss-up race, and they won it fairly relatively easily. Yeah, that started came uh, come out came out first. In Kentucky, there was a House race that was supposed to be a fifty fifty race that re- the Republicans did well in. When those races all came out as the first thing, I think it really gave gave me the impression that the Republicans were going to do pretty well, and they did defend the Senate. There were some good stories, some individual stories, but actually the Democrats did worse in the high profile races. And that brings me back to the Texas Senate thing. If it's Beto Cruz, that's super high profile race. Mm-hmm. And people have strong feelings about both Beto and Cruz. I don't know that people have strong feelings about John Cornyn. I, I, no, he's just kind of like do. a you know he's just there. He's just there. You know he, he he's not the space. worst. He's not the worst Republican in the no, Senate. But he's, he's, he's nowhere near the best. the best. Yeah, but he's not the worst. You know he's not Susan Collins, right? He's not like someone who you know he's just very establishment and very. kind of uh-huh. just dull. That may actually help him. Maybe. Because he doesn't, you know, maybe. there's not as much passion, maybe, against John Cornyn as there was against Ted Cruz. Also, by the way, a lot of passion for Ted Cruz and not a lot of passion for John Cornyn. So mm-hmm. that would be kind of an interesting one. It would. That was the, one of the interesting stories of the election is that Republicans did not do well overall, but did do well in the high profile races, mm-hmm. which is a strange combination of so, factors. It, and what it did was kind of create the mindset in even the uh, mainstream media, which is allied, allied with the Democrat Party, that there was no blue wave because they didn't get the ones they really wanted, like Beto and yeah. and the Florida seats. And so they started saying, it, nah, this didn't really turn out to be a blue wave when it kind of did. It you know, sort I, of did turn out that way. What's what, 45 seat different for, now? 40, yeah. About 40, 40. seats mm-hmm. different. Wow. That's a big advantage from how far ahead were Republicans before it? 30 some? Yeah. So they're going to be up. It looks like about 235 seats for Democrats in the House. Um, wow. As, as When all of this wow. stuff settles. Because so, some of these California races, there's a recount going on in Georgia right now. For one house seat there, you know, Mia Love did, it looks like lose. AP has called that race now that Mia Love did lose it um, after coming back, taking the lead and then losing it afterwards. Uh, it's, you know, there's been a lot of California. There's a couple races out there that are still mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. There's a couple technically in New York that are still open. But generally speaking, it looks like it's going to be 234, 235 seats, maybe an outside shot at 236. But it's going to be in that general vicinity. Remember, you only need 218 mm-hmm. uh, to have the majority. So it went, I mean, if you look at it, if you want to go back and make the case it is a blue wave, you can make it. I mean, it's there. They did very well in the House popular vote, one of the best in history. They, of the last, I think it's 14 midterm elections, Democrats did better in the House than 11 of them. 
So they were like second or third, I think it was, out of 14 of the last 14 races as far as house seats picked up. Mm-hmm. Now, my definition of a blue wave, I don't think it rises to that definition solely because they had winnable races in the Senate to, to take it over. In the environment they got, which is a, a Democrat plus, they think, almost nine points. This is one of the largest popular vote advantages for a party in any midterm. Mm. Almost nine points. That is a that's an environment where there's no excuse for losing uh, dramatically in with incumbents in Missouri and uh, with Heidkamp and in yeah. uh, with Donnelly in Indiana and Sally. Uh, Nelson in um, in, Florida. in Florida. Yeah, the, the Democrats should not lose four incumbent races that were supposed to be toss ups by with the exception of Florida, relatively large margins. I mean, they, those those three races weren't competitive. Heidkamp, um, McCaskill, and Donnelly. They weren't even competitive, really. Hmm. They were they were they were pretty large margins. And you look at that and you put it against Beto coming within three points in Texas, those two result those results don't really make much sense. You know, remember Rick Scott was a most of the polling was down three or four points going into that election, wound up winning. Yeah. You know, um Yeah, Gillum was up by even more six, I yeah, think they, toward the end. That one, they, six. I was more and lost. I thought the, the the Scott uh, race was very close to a toss up with Nelson, but the Gillum DeSantis thing did not look like a toss up. It looked like a lean Democrat, and he wound up winning it. Actually, wound mm. up winning it, you know, handily. Uh, so it is a it's a weird hmm. one. You know, it was a, it was a strange election. I don't to, to me. A lot of analysts do believe that it was a blue wave. Certainly a lot of the media likes to make that case. It was a convincing win for Democrats. I don't think it was a blue wave. That was a missed opportunity for them. In that environment, to, for the Republicans to likely end this with 53 seats is a is not a And that's not a, a gain in the Senate. So It's a gain. Did better in the Senate. Now, that is to, to walk that back a little bit, that was a lot of structural stuff, right? I mean, because you had... There were 35 seats up for election in the Senate race uh, for the election. And they uh, Democrats won 24 of the 35. So that's a really good result for Democrats. Wow. The issue... Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, in addition to that, the majority mm-hmm. of those seats were in red states. So they went 24 of 35 with the majority of the playing field being in red states. That's not a bad result for them. But they missed out on key races that easily could have swung the senate they could have had the senate in the house Mm. relatively easily if they just didn't massively underperform in three or four races with incumbents so that is a i i don't think you can put it in a blue wave category when you blew that opportunity but it was a convincing hurt it was a convincing win yeah and it hurt and it it's going to matter in the next two years because you know there's not going to be a tax cut certainly no, uh, and some of the rest of of Trump's agenda will probably be derailed at this point. Although when the Republicans had the majority in both the House and the Senate, and they have had the 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 executive branch, they still don't get anything done. No, really. not really. Uh, I, I don't know why they're not using this time right now. I don't know why. I don't either. I mean, the one thing I've could heard, be. and Mike Lee is a big proponent of this uh, bill, and it looks like it has bipartisan support, is the, uh, you know, the, the incarceration changes, the sentencing changes for criminals, where they'll change a lot of that. And there are some real problems with that system. I, you know, I think it's something that's something you can get done with a Democrat Congress, right? Like, I don't know why we're rushing through. It's great if if it's if it's a good bill, it's a good bill, and you pass it. But like, 
why aren't you going for the things that you're not going to have a chance to get done mm-hmm. next Congress? You know, House has passed what, 100 bills plus. Many of them are really good. Why isn't the Senate voting on every single one of these before the end of their term? You've got two months. Every single one of these should come up for a vote. And if it's a good bill, they should pass it. That's why there's not the passion for the Republican Party. that yeah. There probably could be. Because they, they just they leave us cold every time. And they don't fulfill the promises. You know, the things like uh, you know getting rid of Obamacare and replacing it. Repeal and replace, which they didn't do. Uh, a large permanent tax cut, which they didn't do. You know, there's just too many things that they they leave undone when they could have done it, and they could have could have done something substantial with the border. Yeah. They could have yeah. gotten the wall built. They didn't do that. Yeah, there's an interesting uh, st- story I was reading the other day from Jim Garrity at National Review. Um, the wall continues to be built. So, oh, really? Slowly. Okay. And it's amazing. You know, we've had a lot of fights about the border wall. However, uh, there are some, an 18-foot uh, high steel wall is being constructed in areas um, uh, across the border. 18 in Texas, feet. 18 feet. Now, this I is not... we were going 40. I thought we were 30 or 40 is what I thought. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was a beautiful wall. It was uh, not this wall. Yes. And the reason for that is it's not the Trump wall. Oh. This was passed in previous legislation that is continuing to be uh, being built under previously passed legislation, U.S. Customs and Border Protection continues to pay contractors to replace sections of spotty or insufficient fencing with 18-foot-tall walls. Okay. The tall steel bars with the gaps so you can kind of see through uh, and mm-hmm. what's going on on the other side. And so they are in the middle of doing that, and there is some improvement. Now, taking a chain-link fence, for example, and turning it into an 18-foot steel wall is an improvement. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it's that change. Better. But mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with, you know, what people voted for in 2016, it is all stuff that was actually passed previously. And under, it's not in addition to what they're, they're no. just fixing portions. They're improving it. Right? Yeah. Which is, a, I mean, not I mean, insignificant. That's not nothing. Right. They it's say, just not what we asked them to do and, and what they said they were going to do. That was another uh, eat our underwear moment where we said if they got a wall over 90% of the border, we would eat our underwear. Yes. Um, so far, we're pretty safe on this one. Really? Yeah. They're not close to 90. No. Okay. <laughs> not even. What are they, remote. like 85? No. Now they're 75 or 76, 77 percent. Well, previously, there was 705 miles. Okay. Okay. Of, with a 1,954 mile total border. Okay. So this is obviously not, we were talking about whether they can close that to 90 percent or it was 95 percent, I think, but we'll say 90 for the, for this. I feel confident <laughs> in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was 705 miles. And as of now, it's a 700 and five miles which is an incredible <laughs> wait that sounds like the same mm-hmm. number just said no, a different I said seven, way i said 705 miles right and then now it previously it's... was 705 miles but now it is 705 miles so that's pretty impressive yeah that's still the same <laughs> same amount yeah i mean and this is uh. you know that there's blame to uh to be shared on this one but again you're not getting one mile of that fence <laughs> come january oh right yeah, that's right. You know, you're not getting one. That is so not going to happen. Now's the time. Wow. To push this thing through. And again, we're They're not, not going seeing to. any of it. I mean, they've made no effort to do that. No. That I know of. The only time they made an effort to do it was hey, we'll give a bunch of people, millions of people amnesty and give us some uh, wall funding. 
And everybody was on board for that for a little while, mm-hmm. and then the deal fell through. I don't like that deal either. No, not at all. I mean, that's not what. Not that's certainly not what people voted for. You can't take nine steps back to take one step forward. <laughs> right. That doesn't help. I mean, it's not. That would not be a good deal. And that one, there has uh, not been a lot of. Uh, there's not been a lot of improvement on that front. I will say. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K with your thoughts. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck. Apparently, it's going to be pretty cold tomorrow on uh, Thanksgiving Day for the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Could be one of the coldest ever, maybe the coldest parade ever. They're expecting a a high tomorrow of 26 degrees in New York. Now, the coldest Thanksgiving Day ever was 1901, the the parade in 1901, where the high was 26 degrees. So... That would tie the record if if it doesn't get any hot, any warmer than that. Plus, they said the wind is blowing so hard that the, some of the balloons may not be able to fly like they usually do, and uh, the the chill temperature is going to feel like it's five degrees. That's just not pleasant. That's not uh, no 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 thank you. Um, Plus, I get to enjoy the hassle of the traffic. Oh wow! Mm. Now, how much would you pay to go? <laughs> I went to, uh, as you may remember, Pat, uh, the Super Bowl last year, in which the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles defeated mm. uh, the New England Patriots. Surprising you haven't mentioned that much. Yeah, 41 uh, to 33 in mm. uh, a little city called Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And Was it chilly uh, there? Wow. I, it's amazing to me that they put a civilization in this location. <laughs> this seems to me to be like one of those things that you, you, I don't know, you take a saw and you saw around Minneapolis and then you get a big plane and you lift it up and you bring it down somewhere near Florida mm-hmm. because holy crap. In fact, it's so like you can even say, well, Stu, you're just a wuss. And the answer, of course. Yes, yeah, of course. Absolutely. And it is true. That. I am a complete wuss. Even mm-hmm. though I grew up in the Northeast, I hate the cold weather so much. But, like, Minneapolis has, has admitted this, okay? They have basically just turned the whole city into a mall. First of all, Mall of America, right? Everyone knows Mall of America, which is a giant city largest, that's inside. Largest in the country. Right, like, it's just, yeah. they have an entire amusement park inside of a mall. Right. This is uh, because people would rather die than walk outside to shop. So they put all the shopping indoors. Mm-hmm. But even the city itself, and I, I had never been there before uh, this past year when the Eagles beat the Patriots 41-33 to 33 in the Super Bowl, <laughs> uh, there are bridges basically everywhere. So like when you're walking from one, when I'm leaving the game, walking back to where I parked, which it was near Target Field, which is where the Twins play. So from, from where the Vikings play to where the Twins play, you walk inside the entire time. And oh, you're walking through these nice. bridges that connect the buildings, and you're walking through like hotel lobbies and like office building lobbies. Like they're so oh, wow. aware of how cold of it how is. Cold it is. They're like, just screw it. Make, Make everything bridges, indoors. Everything. The whole city's now indoors, unless yeah. you're in a car. Yeah. I mean, it really is an amazing thing to see, and I don't know how people do it. I don't know. Like people will say the same thing about Texas because it gets to be hot. And I do not understand. Like, I can deal with the heat. I cannot deal with that cold, man. That is hell. I, and standing outside for a stupid parade for that long? No, thank you. No, thank you. I can't even get my kids interested in the parade. We put the parade on every every year in the background when you're getting ready for things, you know, to leave for Thanksgiving dinner. And then dinner. point out really cool balloons. Oh, like, look at that. Where's look, your favorite kids? character? Giant balloon. Uh-huh. Three seconds of interest. <laughs> I don't know oh, if that's okay. because it's 20... 
18 and and everyone you know they have youtube videos and there's some things that more, are more impressive exciting. things yeah yeah yeah, in 1940, there wasn't a lot of other really super cool things. And so you're like, wow, look at the size of that Snoopy balloon. <laughs> it's larger than you would picture Snoopy in other circumstances. It's bigger than normal. Uh, that particular Snoopy is not only large, but floating. And it seems like some people on the ground are dragging it along. Uh, that is really something. Yeah, we don't, we don't have uh, that kind of awe anymore. A little bit jaded now it, it, yeah. by technology, I think. Uh, but still, you know what? Two million people every year show up for the parade. Maybe maybe that won't be the case this time because it's going to be so stinking cold. But uh, it's all global warming. Just so you know that. It's, oh, it is? It's because of global warming. Wait, the cold yeah. is? It got, it, it's circular. It got so hot, it went all the way back around to cold. Oh, wow. And that's where we are now. I didn't know yeah. the temperature was... Oh, yeah, I guess they, a lot is. of times the thermometers are mm-hmm. circular. Yeah. Exactly. That's what happened? Yes. Hmm. With Pat and Stu, uh, you can join me, Pat Gray, uh, for Pat Gray Unleashed every weekday, immediately preceding this show, 6 to 8 uh, Central, it's 7 to 9 Eastern, and then you could check it out on the podcast at your leisure any time of the day. And if you have a significant mental issue, you can uh, join Jeff Fisher on Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Hard to believe you'd want to, but, you know, there's no no accounting for taste. Not only do people want to, I mean, they really want to purchase the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher coffee mug. I love that your face is uh, ingrained in a steak. (laughs) I forgot about that. Great. <laughs> uh, I, I want that one. Actually. That's awesome. I, I need to get yeah, that. That's awesome. You can uh, get it at shop.theblaze.com. They have a big Black Friday sale going on, mm-hmm. too. So They do. Check it out. Uh, Jeffy, uh, we have a, a special edition of Spoons. Now, if you're not a long-term fan of the uh, program or of the, the network, you might not know Spoons, but Spoons was a uh, segment we did and, and gained about 50 pounds doing uh, mm-hmm. during the Pat and Stu show. We've we, all lost weight since we stopped started, doing Spoons. It, it's weird. amazing. It's weird. Su- oddly surprising. It started as, you know, we should try some strange different foods just for, you know, a, a cute little segment. And then mm-hmm. it went from, you know, well, let's just eat every day. Spoons. And <laughs> it, it was named Spoons because it was the only word Jeffy could say. At the time. All right. Spoons. Yes. So... <laughs> We named it that. <laughs> we did. Uh, so we have a, a Thanksgiving-themed spoon. Should we start there, Jeffy, before we get to your stories of the day? Okay. All right. So we have um, a, a full Thanksgiving dinner um, mm-hmm. in potato chip form. We wow. Start, we start with turkey and gravy flavored okay. potato chips. Nice. Uh, limited time uh, only at 7-Eleven. Oh, that's disappointing. I can only get this for yeah. you can't get this to- the Thanksgiving season. Mm-hmm. What about mm. Christmas? This one that I'm not going to partake in. What? Oh, you're not? No, this is not going to go down my... Why not? Uh, it's just flavored. It's, it's not actual shit. meat. Yeah. You know. Uh, okay, so this is Thanksgiving and gravy. Yes. So this is your main meal. And potato. I would say mashed potatoes in there, too. Because, you know, it's potato. How's that? Land? The face of Pat does not look particularly pleased with these potato chips. I mean, it's not bad, but I'm not really getting turkey and gravy what from you, it. What are you getting? Can you describe? Um, potato chip, salty, and... Um, kind of blech. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's certainly not screaming turkey and gravy. Mm-mm. Is it to you, Jeffy? No, no. I... They had a sausage and peppers chip for a while at Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven is like they're becoming like food laboratories over there. They're just constantly coming out with new crazy flavors of chips mm-hmm. and stuff. So if you're near one, it's worth stopping by every once in a while just to check what crazy thing they've come up with. Turkey that, and gravy. Eh? What do you think? It almost just tastes like a normal potato chip to me. Just, 
I'm not. No, getting... I'm not. I don't get turkey and gravy. Okay. Yeah, no, so no, what's no. your? Uh, you have a. What, our scale was one to eighteen. What is your scale? Look at that. Um, nine. 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 And then for dessert, we have pumpkin pie flavored Ooh, potato chips. I want this to be Okay. Good. I kind of want this to be good, too. Sweet potato chips are not something you dive into that often, but I'm kind of excited about them. Mmm. Yep. I'm definitely getting pumpkin from this. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. That is pumpkin flavored potato chip. Are you As a advertised. Pie guy, Jeffy? Are you like pumpkin pie? Um, mm. I've had a couple slices. Over the years, mm. have you? Yeah, a couple. just a couple. Once in a while, over the holidays, you know, they're yeah. around. I mean, look, am I yeah. am I diving into this bag, you know, twice a week with a with lunch? No, no. but at one time, it's like not it, bad. If I were to have like a Thanksgiving mm. party and mm-hmm. you put out a bowl of these things, I think yeah. that would work pretty well. I actually like them. Not yeah. real. That's good, and it is pumpkin pie, much more so than the turkey and gravy thing. Much oh, more yeah. so. Um. So yeah, that's, I, I, you know, I'm this not, I would eat. Yeah, I give this a fourteen and, and, on a scale of one to eighteen. All right. Yeah, I'll give it about a and fourteen. Sounds about right. All right, uh, we have a couple more mm-hmm. things here before we get to the Jeffy stories of the day. Uh, brand new soda from Coca Cola, Coca Cola mm. California Raspberry. Okay, now this is much different than a is than this an, Arizo- an Arizona Raspberry soda. They do have uh, raspberry in the um, the machines where you can have all the crazy flavors, the freestyle machines. Oh. There's a raspberry variety, but I've never seen but it But it's in not a California before. raspberry, Right, it's is like it? Arizona raspberry or something. Or Nevada <laughs> raspberry, which doesn't even count. As far is it as too no. soon to make a... No, nah, never mind. I won't make the California joke. All right. Uh, California raspberry. Yeah, please don't. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Definitely a high mm-hmm. raspberry taste. Yeah, it's an absolute raspberry feel to it oh, good. A, a penetrating raspberry flavor mm-hmm. that's good that's pretty good it's yeah it's it's very sweet again it's regular coke and i don't that's, mm. i'm a big uh of artificial sweetener fan if you don't know that <laughs> so it's a very this is a, definitely not coke zero very sweet very yeah, sweet very uh, but sweet. the flavor is pretty good yeah i'd I, give it a you know 12 yeah i'm in that i'll range. go 12 i'll give it a 11 11 on that one uh, like, you know, raspberry is good. I, I used to uh, get up in the morning and have raspberries in milk with my uh, grandma, and that's where I like raspberries Wait, really, and Coca-Cola. What did you do? You got up in the you morning and had more raspberries, and- raspberries in milk, and I don't really like it in Coke. Well, first of all, you've drank almost the entire bottle, so you seem to like it. <laughs> I'm trying to wash away the turkey and gravy chips. <laughs> <laughs> raspberries, and, is that a normal thing? Raspberries oh, and milk? So I have never heard of it, but uh, that's not surprising when it involves Jeffy. All right. It's so good. We also have uh, several flavors of M&Ms. You can get these as well at uh, your local convenience these stores. Do? Okay. Um, I don't, some of them are not. We're going to start with a pa- with a kind of a palate cleanser here. The, uh, the crispy M&M. Here. Crispy okay. M&Ms, if you don't know. Kind of an M M&M. and M, almost like M&Ms. a, almost like a malted milk ball, almost in the middle. It's not quite. It's that same consistency, like of a Whopper in the middle. Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I like them. They're good. They're light. Oh, that's good. They're crunchy. They're pretty uh-huh. delicious. We use that as mainly because those have been around for a while. We use that as a setup here for the winning flavor for uh, M mm. and M's. Really good. The mm-hmm. crunchy mint. These are sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Those are really good. I like them. Crunchy mint M and M's. Ooh, these might be really good. Now I'm a big fan of the mint products. Me too. And I as like we're mint. you know as we're about to gorge ourselves for a day, we got to give you some new options. <laughs> mint M and M's. They ha- used to have these. These are the mint crunchies. Mm. You know they're kind of like a peppermint patty, which yeah. only crunchy. 
Yes. Yeah, very but similar. But the taste is really similar. Same mm-hmm. kind of chocolate, same kind of minty flavor. Mm-hmm. Good, though. I, but good, yeah. I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah. These are like a 14. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a. I'll give those a 15. I like those. Uh, but notice we're not getting any numbers from Jeffy because he really he can't do it. We say that he, the highest number he knows is 18, but he really can't count all the numbers no. in between. So he doesn't really know. I mean, good, not good. That's good enough, right? Mm. Good, no. not good. It's good, actually not, not but. And these are what? <laughs> Final flavor, strawberry nut M&M's. Oh. Well, I don't like nuts, so. You're not a peanut M&M guy? No. Ooh. Uh, Trying well, these out here? Have you had the caramels? I know we're, I'm jumping ahead to M&M's, but mm. the M&M. I like the strawberry flavor. It tastes like an ice cream sundae. I'd rather have it without the nut peanut in it, but it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Very good. These are all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean M and M's. Give that a fifteen. Yeah, no, I'll give it a I'll give it a thirteen. Is there a bad M M&M? and M? Well, I don't like really? pretzels. A lot of people like the pretzel M and M's. I do not. I, don't, I hate yeah, pretzels. It's amazing how many flavors of M and M's there now are. I would agree. It's incredible. <laughs> like, you don't have to like look hard to find no, a bunch no, of crazy flavors not. of M and M's. The caramels are great. Yeah, they are. Oh, uh, God, those are so, so addictive. Mm-hmm. So good. Those are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Those are dangerous to have around you. Now, so I so overall, I would say I like the pumpkin pie ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And I like the... I the, recommend all the flavors of the M&M's. Yeah, they're all <laughs> The crunchy mint ones, I think, I, might have been my favorite out of those. I, I like For those sure, the crunchy were my favorite. And then the California raspberry Coke was not bad. Decent. Yeah. Decent. See, this is the sort of information you're getting from this program. Turkey and gravy, though, bad. Powerful information. Don't waste your money on this. No, the turkey turkey and gravy gravy. is not worth it. I mean, think about this. This is Jeffy saying, don't eat a potato chip. That's That's amazing. amazing. Well, I mean, it's in front of you. You have to eat it. I opened the bag. I'm going to finish it. That's actually not a rule. <laughs> None of these are rules. <laughs> no, you don't have is. to finish them. You don't have to eat them when you're in front. This is mm-hmm. a, this is, might be part of the issue with you. you. You put it on your plate, you eat it. That's the rule. You don't have a you plate. You're eating ba- it out of a bag. You open the bag, you eat it. That's the rule. That's, uh, that's a law, I think. I'm pretty sure that's a law. This is the sort of insight you get on <laughs> chewing the fat yeah. with Jeff Fisher. And it's no surprise that the word fat is in the title uh, when you when you hear that sort Just of name. information. Uh, do you have some stories for us? Just a you? couple. You know, I'm kind of sad. You know how big uh, how big I am on. We got done uh, we do trying these. How big, these you are. Were you right how big I am on salads. Oh, on salads. And I love salads. Uh-huh. And especially for Thanksgiving. <laughs> especially for Thanksgiving. I mean, nothing says Thanksgiving like a salad. <laughs> But uh, uh, what <laughs> you know that? But the uh, Centers for Disease Control are telling you, look out, romaine lettuce, all of it, throw it away. They're making a big recall again. No matter where um, it comes from, doesn't matter. No matter uh, where you live, doesn't get rid of it. Because we just ate romaine lettuce last night. You did. You're supposed to have, really you're big outbreak to. of yeah. E. coli. I didn't know until after we ate it, and then I saw the story. They're telling uh, people tell to me. throw away any romaine lettuce Dang. that they already have in their homes. Wow. Don't buy it. Pull it off the shelves. 32 people in 11 states have been infected. 13 people have been hospitalized. Uh, one person developed a type of kidney failure. Now, remember, they had Good the big golly. breakout the big breakout a few months ago, and that actually uh, killed people. Five people lost their lives a few months ago I from romaine lettuce. I don't think I even heard that. From romaine lettuce? Yes, for the E. coli breakout before, earlier this year. So, if... So I don't like know what they're doing to the romaine lettuce. lettuce. is okay. Yes. Th- that's all right. It's just romaine. Just, wow. Now, yeah, this is this, the recall is just romaine. Now, on the safe side, I would say don't eat any. No salad at all. No salad I would at say all. all. That's going to hurt my Thanksgiving oh, dinner. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> you know, I don't, 
Now, I say this this warning about staying away from um, vegetables lasts for the next couple of years, right? You should, so <laughs> yes. if your wife is asking you to eat vegetables. For me, this is extended to kale because that's also a leafy type of yes. substance. All vegetables, I think, yeah. are on the table Spinach. here to remove from your kale. life. Yeah, you can't eat that. Brussels sprouts, Horrible. broccoli, green beans. Oh, yeah. It yeah. extends to all of it. Uh, by the way, there's a, new, there's a survey that came out about the most disproportionately common Thanksgiving sides by region. So what are the what are the what are the sides on Thanksgiving that are regional in nature? Some of the like there are, this is a clear case for you might need to move in my, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it, I, you uh, know I saw this. I don't know that I believe it. Well, listen to this: West Co- the whole western half of the United States basically is salad. Yeah, that's why I don't believe it. What? Salad. Salad. Now, what that that is the most... The most the, just generic salad? Yeah, salad. The, common, the main common side no. that you relate to Thanksgiving at that point. No. Salad. I've lived in the West most of my life. That's untrue. It is the most <laughs> disproportionately <laughs> common... No to that. So, like, everybody might have turkey. Everybody might have mashed potatoes, right? right. Mm-hmm. But the most disproportionately mm-hmm. common is salad in the West. Now, that just means that people in the East aren't eating any salad, which is, I think, uh, <laughs> one point possible. in the East's that favor. You know, no kidding. So the uh, the the northeast is squash. Yeah. Oh. Now I've no, seen it. that here or there, but that was not a popular one, and Ugh. I grew up in the northeast. No, thank you. No squash. Uh, the, you don't like the, no. Even just like butternut squash, no, no acorn kind of, squash. No. You know how you if it has you, the word squash after it. You know I how don't you would like it, acorn Jeffy. squash though? Is no. acorn squash with brown sugar? Nope. Melted and butter I, in no. the. Well, I think because of the no. romaine issues, I'm going to stay away from squash uh, <laughs> just to be safe. It's a really good safety tip. Thank really, you, Stu. I'm going to follow your lead. <laughs> In the uh, northern sort of central area, you know, Minnesota, 12 or 13 Dakotas, uh, that area <laughs> is green bean casserole, yeah. which yeah. I, 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 okay. Casserole. That's, that's, that's pretty so much, nasty. That, that's what? Oh, I like green bean casserole. Oh, so no, nasty. That, that's the only way that the crunchy fried onion people make a living. <laughs> It's true. That's a, that's a good I don't one. like onions, and I don't like green beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not doing it. From Ohio to sort of Michigan, Wisconsin. There's a reason I eat. You know, uh, the the Brickhouse Nutrition Field of Greens. Yes, there's a reason. There's a reason <laughs> I eat. You don't I, want to eat actual vegetables. You want to hide vegetables. the hide the taste yes. of them. Uh, <laughs> in uh, the Ohio, Michigan, sort of Wisconsin area, is rolls and biscuits. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, uh, Texas. Uh, is cornbread in, the, in our uh, sort of region around Texas is for Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's for not, Thanksgiving. Uh, and that's surprising that it's not uh, farther down south. All the whole south is well, cornbread because they're big fans. To me, that, the uh, southeast has this thing won. There, the, the that's mac and cheese. Oh wow, mac and cheese on Thanksgiving is a wonderful addition to your Thanksgiving. It is mm-hmm. a good addition. Mm-hmm. It would be. You got to have it. I think uh, it, I lived in that the south for quite a while, and I don't recall that as being a prominent side. My friend, I hate to break this to you, you live in the south right now. And have for the last several years. And I still don't recall that. Triple eight seven two seven beck Stu's got some statistics on world improvement. Just to kind of make you feel good about things uh, heading into uh, Thanksgiving. Be thankful. Uh, one of the unbelievable improvements in the world is that you can make <laughs> potato chips taste like pumpkin pie. How is it possible? <laughs> They're pretty good. How is it possible? I don't know. Like, it, it tastes like salty pumpkin pie. Is it magic? What kind of magic is you it think, work I here? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's unbelievable. More world improvement, too, is uh, Taco Bell. 
yeah. uh, now open in London as of Friday. So if you travel you in go. London, I mean, Taco Bell is international <laughs> now, man. Well, London's known for their Mexican food. That's There's true. No question about that. <laughs> All they right. will be now. So uh, in the era of capitalism, uh, we have gone from 94% living in extreme poly- p- poverty to 10%. From 94 to 10 Wow. In the era of capitalism, we've gone from 17% having basic education to 86%. Oof. Uh, literacy, we've gone from 12% to 85% globally. Uh, do you live in a democracy? We have gone from basically 0%, with the exception of the United States. And again, democracy, kind of yeah. a wide term there. Mm-hmm. Um, from 1% to 56%. Okay. Vaccinations, from 0% to 86%. Child mortality from 43% to 4%. Wow. Worldwide? Worldwide. That's amazing. It's an incredible improvement. Yeah. And something to really be thankful for. Something has to be done. Yep. And also pumpkin pie (laughs) potato chips. How do you make it taste? It's a potato chip. How does it possibly taste like pumpkin pie? I don't know. Unless you go to 7-Eleven, you won't know. That's unbelievable. Mm. It's unbelievable. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Glenn Beck. Mercury.